electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Tuesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer and David Faber, live at Post 9 of the New York Stock Exchange. Pre-market's trying to stay positive after four straight losses for the S&P and NASDAQ. Ten-year yield bounces right off 4% as the semis take a beating in Asian trading overnight. Our roadmap this morning begins with rising risks. Jamie Dimon, as you know, delivering this serious economic warning and the Bank of England having to intervene yet again. Plus, we're keeping an eye on MetaShares. They're under some pressure. The stock was downgraded at Atlantic Equities and labeled a, quote, terrorist and extremist by Russell's financial monitoring agency. Not sure whether that matters much. And let's go over to Taiwan, where Taiwan Semi is uh, adding to the route in chip stocks. More than $240 billion has already been wiped out from that sector's global market value. Let's start there as the market's trying to snap this four-session losing streak. Jim, we talked a couple days ago about how he thought semis would have to lead if we were going to find a leader. Sox is down, what, in two days, 9%? Yeah, it, they couldn't lead. And I think they couldn't lead. There, there, there's a nuance here that I think a lot of people are missing, except for the people who are selling Taiwan Semi, by the way, which has an upcoming analyst meeting that you could probably have a different view of. We, there are a lot of people who very quickly said, there's actually nothing new with what the president's doing with, with China. Really, it doesn't matter. And then there are other people I know who just said, look, they're saying there's going to be licenses. They're not going to grant them. And that this is a chokehold, not just on what could be used militarily, but on their cloud and high-performance computing. So if you make anything cloud and high-performance computing, and you're selling it to a company who ultimately sells it to China, or if you're to Taiwan Semi and you make it, well, forget it. Just so the question is, and David, you know what's the toughest thing about this administration? They're not that coherent about what they mean, but they can easily, if they want to, say, you know what? We have an upcoming meeting with Xi after the coronation, and we're not going to get any licenses. Um, you know, all I'll tell you is uh, this morning I had a, a conversation with a senior leader at one of the larger uh, asset management firms. And just, you know, as, as I will often try to do, what, what are you worrying about? What's on your mind? First thing, China-U.S. Uh, tensions. Absolutely. That was number one. Absolutely. Uh, which actually surprised me. Um, as, I am so uh, glad you said it's China-U.S. tensions. And they are ceaseless. And a lot of people feel, I was dealing with someone in the military yesterday who said, isn't it interesting that we uh, don't have much luck with tariffs in changing their behavior? So now we're switching militarily. I mean, you, you can disarm a country by basically saying, we're not giving you the key parts. Now, they did that with ASMLF, which makes it very difficult to be able to make certain semis. But this is a potential shutdown of the cloud in China. And that's frightening to any country. So they're hitting them in the bread box. And what I mean just the shutdown of the cloud, though. I mean, they're, they're still capable of, of, of technology advances in that country. <laughs> the high-performance computing chips 
are all American. Mm -hmm. That's something we do well. We have tremendous ability and have intellectual property in the, in, in the companies like LAM. These are really important applied materials, uh, ASM, which is Dutch, but we, we control it. At the same time... Well, it is we, Dutch, by the way. Right, but the Dutch have complied. At the same time, Carl, I mean, we don't know. I mean, there are a lot of people who say, listen, um, Secretary Mondo, who might end up being Treasury Secretary, in an interesting interview today, by the way, with Sarah. Yeah, um, She's not. Secretary Mondo says that we just gave these guys billions of dollars to build here in return. I mean, come on. So uh, the tensions are real. The assurances are bogus. Right. Meanwhile, a White House on the tape this morning saying that the president is uh, reevaluating the relationship with the Saudis after OPEC and may be willing to work with Congress. Senator Menendez calling for this freeze of arms sales there. So another uh, stick that we've uh, resorted to use. Uh, their backtrack there, David, is, is that there are many people who say, listen, this is a great ally. And we are acting now as if they're not a great ally. Well, they certainly didn't uh, Do what help us out with the, decide, uh, the decision to cut production. And obviously, it's a, a Russia signing on to that. How much, um, David, and is... And that seemed to be a help to the Russians, which is certainly not something we're focused on uh, trying to... Help. Okay, so think about where you just went. Russia, oil, yeah. China, Taiwan. By the market? We but, haven't even talked about rates yet. But, I mean, or the two-year. But then you come in, like yesterday, and there's this kind of weird futures move. Traps people. They get all excited. Then it goes down. And then a quarter, you know, around quarter three, people get excited again. And then it goes down. Well, how about the best thing to do is wait? <laughs> How about just wait? I mean, is, when is that? Uh, now, on Twitter, people say, I can't believe it. Kramer's so equivocated. He's saying, wait. Well, I'm waiting. I mean, I have to put my self-employment plan. I put money to work every month. Why do I do that, people on Twitter? Because I want to save. I mean, now, it's entirely possible that it's like, you know, don't pass code, don't collect 200. I'm, I'm living in a game of Monopoly. But I'm not. What I am saying is I'm getting four and a half to wait. That's pretty good money. Actually, interesting piece in the FT today, why I'm finally warming up to bonds after many years. To your point, Jim, about relative attractiveness. There, as What's, what's Costin's line? There are reasonable alternatives. Right. I mean, I deal with this terrific woman, Noreen Shevlin. She's, I call her my CEO of my life. Uh, my wife is CEO of everything. Uh, and... She said, look, you know, we do this automatic investment in the Vanguard for uh, S&P fund, which we're allowed to do. And I said, whoa, whoa, let's, I got an idea. I'm getting four, can I get four and a half? Yeah. Well, I don't know. No, listen, there are, uh, that, and that's our bond market. Uh, we haven't even talked about the UK bond market, which is showing signs of volatility far in excess of anything we're seeing. Given a, la a lack of liquidity there, uh, the Bank of England coming to uh, to try to help. Journal had an interesting story about how it even now has sucked in uh, or caused price dislocations and uh, collateralized loan obligations. No. Not an unimportant area, CLOs, no, uh, because they needed to be sold by uh, by investors in the UK. Um, Got to keep an eye on that, and obviously it's Wait, not not anything I, comparatively I in terms eyes. of size. To our bond market, but but it, it, it you know the Bank of England is is working hard there to make sure things stay 
in some equilibrium. Do you remember the Twilight Zone where the, where the guy behind the bar actually had three eyes? Vaguely do <laughs> remember that. Before he sent the bus over yes. the Twilight Zone. I love Rod yeah. Serling. Well, I mean, I, I only have so many eyes. I now, just said keep an eye on it. I didn't no. say, to be fair, I didn't say all eyes. No, I, no. no not all eyes. Not all eyes. Or on the heels of you. didn't do that either. No, I didn't do that. But, I, yeah, someone could say, well, you liked it, though. No, no, I've been like, pulling money out of the market for my travel trust. And I like to talk about I mean, both when I'm look doing at that. First. Look at that move. Well, it's, okay. Can I just say that Jamie Dimon was a little more nuanced than we're making it? Well, I was going to say, all this talk about the U.K., pounds down for the fifth straight day. They're adding these index-linked gilts, uh, even though they're supposed to go back to QT at the end of the month. But Diamond's general point yesterday was that it's problems in Europe that the U.S. is going to import, and that's what's going to lead us to a recession, likely, he said, in the next six to nine months. Here's what he said. Stock markets, where do you see the trough for the S&P 500? Oh, I don't know. You know look, it, it, it may have a ways to go. I mean, it, it really depends on that soft landing, hard landing thing. And since I don't know the answer to that, it's hard for me to answer that. But it, it, could, it could be another easy 20%. And, uh, I, you know, I think, like, the next 20% will be much more painful than the first. Rates going up another 100 basis points are a lot more painful than the first 100 because people aren't used to it. And, you know, um, and I think negative rates, when all is said and done, will, will be a, have been a complete failure. I mean, he does start off by saying, I don't know. And, Jim, it would mirror a conversation you and I had yesterday, which is I asked you about S&P earnings, and I talked about people who are negative saying, listen, if they're below 200 and we stay at a 15 multiple, that's down 20% of the S&P. Right. doesn't mean it's going to happen, but it is yeah. certainly one camp, and that seemed to be all he was trying to embrace well, I want to be definitive on this. What he said was he did not concretely predict this. He didn't. We were making it as if he said, and it's going down 20%. I mean, look, I go home, my wife says, did your Jamie Dimon says it's going to go down 20% and we're in a recession. We're going to have one. And I say, no, he didn't concretely do that. He said, this is possible. He put it as one of the, uh, of one of the, I said, look, you know, why are you you're defending him? I said, no, don't, I'm not defending him. I'm saying if you go listen to those words, yeah. he very easily said, listen, I don't think it's concrete. He's not predicting it. But um, at the same time, Julian did a great job, and you tend to think that Jamie was once again lowering a boom, and he's not. He's saying it, it's within the, within the realm of possibility. Unfortunately, but, so are any number of other things. Well, I mean, including I think, the use of a tactical nuclear weapon. Well, and those are not okay. words I'd ever thought I'd say were in the there's, realm of possibility, but they no, are. There's no fighting in the war room, David. I mean, you know, look, we, <laughs> we. I mean, now, there is, it's amazing. I was talking to someone in the military about Toe yeah. to toe with, toe to the, with it's, the Ruskies. It's, it's fluoride. Um, Slim it, pickings. That, that you, you just, you come in and you say, okay, well, uh, Putin is firing missiles everywhere. Everywhere. And then you read a piece this morning and, which said that, they, that he's out, almost out of missiles. But then you know that Ukraine's almost out of missiles that Ukraine's doing well because they have borrowed tanks that they stole. And, and then you know that Russia beat Germany in part because of the rainy season that's about to happen. But does therefore Ukraine beat Russia because of the rainy season? And you come up with, uh, with the, I don't want to call it eight eyes. How many, what, how many eyes do you really need? <laughs> you need about 20. 20 yeah. eyes? I think so. Only Mahomes has 20 eyes. It's true. He's got... He's got what? LiDAR. Who else but Mahomes has 20 eyes? He's got LiDAR. He's like a self-driving like, quarterback. He is. He's got that thing spinning around his head, you know, yes. he well, can see all. Yeah. I just want to say something really definitive. 
Okay. I had Kelsey last night in fantasy, and I still <laughs> yeah. lost because the other guy had Mahomes. There. There you go. There's something. Unlike Jamie, with uh, where, where he did not correctly predict them, I – Well, Jamie's point about rates going up sharply, being uncomfortable, the Fed would or others would respond, you got to do it now before it gets politically untenable to keep hiking. And that's what the journal is sort of saying about Brainerd and Evans uh, last couple days, sort of highlighting the risks of overshooting. This is what Brainerd had to say at uh, the Business Economics Economist Conference yesterday. Monetary policy will be restricted for some time to ensure that inflation moves back to target over time. It will take time for the cumulative effect of tighter monetary policy to work through the economy broadly and to bring inflation down. In light of elevated global economic and financial uncertainty, moving forward deliberately and in a data-dependent manner will enable us to learn how economic activity, employment, and inflation are adjusting to the cumulative tightening in order to inform our assessment of the path of the policy rate. Is that true? Easier to hike and hold than it is to keep hiking little by little over time? Well, I think we're all afraid that there could be something catastrophic if things move too fast, something in structured loans, David's department, uh, floating rate debt. But I think some of the optimism is that tomorrow we get a PPI number and the PPI number soft, and then the people jump to the conclusion that they're further along. Now, it does always start with the PPI being soft. All right, and then we get a maybe we get a bit of a rally if that number is soft, and but then we, we get another consumer. number that's not, and then well, that's, you know, it's called a bear market. It's just the same conversation it's a bear every market. day. Yes, it is. Now, and we are in one. You know what? You know, but who there rings are a the host of other concerns. You know, who rings the bell. No, I don't. A company called Build a Bear. Yes. Symbolic. Possibly. Right. Possibly. Thank you. Meaning, we're, are we because we're building we're, on something, but it's well, a bear market. I mean, what? I just think. No, actually, I was just kind of. <laughs> he just was I, using the bear was, analogy. Just, yeah. All right, look, I got to talk bear. The uh, TV show, which I really love, Chef. Bear is great, Chef. Uh, but yes. I, look, I just think when I read the research today. All right. It's anxiety-producing. Uh, Rocky, Rocky companies that going way down. Westlake going way down. PPG going way down. Bar, uh, Dupont, uh, Eastman, AXTA. Yesterday, PPG pronounces a bad number. Sherwin Williams going down. Uh, you know, these are all like big Zoom. Get out of Zoom. Uh, coin, don't fall, don't fall for it. KKR going down. And then uh, Leg Le- and Platt doing really bad. Be careful about Valero. Disney doesn't deserve to be up yeah, here. True. Time to but, sell quarter. All right, all right. What about? Go wait a second. You're going to go through the entire second. list? Listen, Lulu, hold the buy. There's 34 so, of them. No, there's Lulu, Elf, Marvel, Elf, uh, Elf Amgen. Elf is good because they got into Target. Amgen, that's a, uh, uh, a Mercerhorst Bergen. ServiceNow. These are all companies Gosh. that have the ServiceNow, I know. Uh, well, it's definitely ServiceNow. These are all companies that have very little to do with the business cycle. And that's what people want. They want to have little exposure to the business cycle. That's reasonable. When Jamie Dimon does not say that there's going to be 20% decline. He didn't say there isn't, but he didn't say there is, but what? he's, I don't know. This, what he, there was this clown once who said that could if you happen. need money, you should, in the next five years, you should take it out. And Dow was at 11,000. He was banned from the Today Show. And you kind of he disappeared until he said that Mark Haynes says bye. Now, this guy was never heard from again, except for he's sitting next to him. Yes, I'm aware. I knew you were going there. Well, speaking of calls, uh, there's news on Meta today. Atlanta cuts uh, to equal weight. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, Russia reportedly adding Meta to the list of terrorists and extremist organizations. Coming up in the next hour, we'll talk to the aforementioned uh, Goldman chief U.S. equity strategist David Costin about what he's expecting from earnings season, midterms, and the market road ahead. Take a look at the pre-market on this Tuesday. We're back in a minute. 
Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create, like Olu Sheyi, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. New developments involving Meta today. Atlantic, as we said, cuts to neutral from overweight. Uh, according to Interfax, meantime, Russia's financial monitoring service has added Facebook's parent to its list of organizations involved in terrorism, they say, and extremism. I think Atlantic Jim's looking at a 160 target on their downgrade. Yeah, I, I'm going to push back a little on this because I think that you can say I'm hearing a couple things. Facebook itself doing a little better. It, um, there, there's no doubt about it that Instagram not doing as well, but we kind of know that. Reels starting to take share away from TikTok. Uh, WhatsApp, David kind of looked askance with me when I said that could be monetized uh, and didn't like the article about the metaverse, which I thought was an incredibly positive article. <laughs> I, you know, you're mischaracterizing all of my statements. Well, that's my job. You've been bringing up WhatsApp time and time again as an opportunity for them. I'm well, not saying it's not. Because- but you know what? It's been an opportunity for some time. It's well, a long time since they bought that company. Yeah. You also bring up Reels, being a real competitor against TikTok. I haven't seen any signs of it as yet. What am I going to do? Okay, what I'm going to do You're is, the number one I'm Zuckerberg gonna, defender. I'm going to... Am I the number one Zuckerberg <laughs> By the way... Uh, okay, I'm going to start it, lying. My research says there's nothing going on at WhatsApp. Reels sucks. You may want to okay? have a meeting And the metaverse with- is a colossal joke. There. There's all my non-research. It's the opposite of everything I hear. But you know what? What the hell? Why not? And I don't even like Zuckerberg. <laughs> there. I mean, like, here. I'm, like, I deleting him. Uh, no, I'm taking him down right. I'm deleting him. Do not do that to Mark. He's got enough people who don't like him. He needs friends. You're one of his few. I'm one of his few friends? Yeah. I mean, in Russia, they certainly are. I mean, who cares? But that's probably, that's a sign of, that's actually yeah. a good thing when the Russians don't good like friend. you. He's like a friend? I think he's an acquaintance. I don't think he's a friend. Oh, really? Okay. Really? Hasn't gotten there yet? You look like friends there. Well, that's, that's called footage. <laughs> um, no. I mean, did I, do I wish him well periodically? Yes. Does that make me a suck-up? Yes. I mean, you were pointing out earlier, though, some of the firms, Barclays cutting numbers on across media, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I just think that Meta is down big from when the pandemic started. And that's important. 
there's very few stocks that are down that big. It, it, it is down dramatically. Listen, the Atlantic note is basically just focused on the on the digital advertising market and the fact yeah. that their market share is so so strong that they only have one way to go at this point. Yeah, but that's okay. So that, I mean, that you know, to cut it but down. This, to okay, let's say uh, I'm going to pause this something. Let's say we really do have some level where the Fed's done. Well, there are going to be some companies that do better. Just that none of us can figure out when the Fed's done because if we, that employment number on Friday was about as hot as you could ever have. Now, I did not think, I felt that at some level, these rate hikes would do something. They seem to have sped up the economy, which is incredible. I mean, mortgage rate, I was looking at property. As David knows, I like to accumulate property so I can't own stocks. The rate's 7%. My discussion with my wife was 7%. That's higher. That's double. So maybe we'll hold on. Buy that two-year. The two-year, you waffler, you jack, yeah, blank, blank. You ever see me on Twitter? I said something positive about Larry Fink yesterday. And before that, I even finished, I just said, Larry, they were all type. I think they thought it meant Cudlow. It didn't matter. They came after me so fast. But you know what? I watched their show last night, The Trolls. It's on at 11. I don't know. <laughs> they were so well-spoken. They used more curse words within bot. But the troll show, the ones who attacked me, have you caught the show? I like when you said, I'm just going to watch the Chiefs tonight. You guys yeah. can do what you yeah, want. Yeah, you do what you want. I'm yeah. watching the Chiefs. Hail to the Chiefs. You guys can watch the Panthers all you want. When we come back, we'll get Kramer's Mad Dash. We'll count down to the opening bell. Take one more look here at the pre-market before the opening bell in about seven minutes. Don't go away. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. We mentioned at the top what a tough couple days it's been for the chips. And sure enough, Corvo's going to lead the S&P lower at the open as Wells uh, cuts a couple of uh, supplier names, uh, Skyworks among them, uh, to equal weight uh, from, uh, from overweight. Opening bell coming up in a few moments. And don't forget, you can always catch us anytime, anywhere. Just listen to and follow the Squawk on the Street opening bell podcast. All right, we get started with trading uh, two minutes from now here at the New York Stock Exchange. We're going to squeeze in a mad dash. Intel is a name we talk about a lot. You don't usually have very nice things to say about it. Well, why should today be different than No, and I, as I pointed out many times, you have been right. Oh, good to be right. Okay, so this morning, Wells Fargo, uh, they reduced estimates still too early to call the bottom. I like that. Uh, there's this note that says PC shipments, are they so bad that they're actually good, meaning bottom? Well, there was a note by Gartner that came out yesterday. Worldwide PC shipments declined 19.5% in the third quarter of 2022. David, it's a collapse. It's just a, this quarter results could mark an historic slowdown for the PC market, Gartner says. Supply chain disruptions, blah, blah, blah. But the main thing is, David, the PC market has collapsed. So why would you want to buy Intel? Because it's not, if you can see through the collapse? No. Right. So I am still now down. I, down 20 percent number is a big. They have down a dividend. Number. I know there's some people are saying they don't have the cash flow to maintain the dividend. 
the company would just totally disagree with that. Uh, everybody who's involved with PCs, David, are telling me I'm too negative. I've been negative for a long time. At a certain point, you're right. Well, like a lot of other things, including Pelotons or your Zoom calls, there was an assumption that the pandemic was the new normal. And that was the case as well with what was a significant, in, significant increase in the purchases of PCs for home offices and a lot of other uses. That has ended. Right. And I think that this historic decline of PCs, Carl, if you disagree with this, you're disagreeing with facts like Dell down 21%, like uh, HP down 27%. HP still thinks it's doing well, though. I will tell you that when you say that, they'll say, why are you saying this? And the answer is because it's there. Yeah, there was a huge, huge metric. That biggest drop in 20 20 plus years. There's the opening bell and the CNBC real-time exchange of the big board. It is Build-A-Bear Workshop celebrating 25 years at the NASDAQ. Bright Cove, an online video platform celebrating its 10th listing anniversary. Well, I remember when I started, uh, there was a Danny Meyer started uh, an index for me of companies really like. And uh, this Build-A-Bear was on it, but it's, the market cap's still very low. Uh, when the market caps are too low, I can't talk about them on Mad Money. Right. Interesting company. Right. Uh, meantime, opening just south of 3,600. Jim, I don't know whether you think some of these big round numbers are important for sentiment. No. I just think that what we're up against is, is that people want to own defensive stocks and don't get in the way of it. They just want to own defensive Even stocks. Even though a lot of them are expensive. They don't care. Uh, because a lot of them are really priced for a recession. And markets do find a bull market somewhere. And so, I mean, for instance, there was an upgrade of Merck today. There's nothing new at Merck. It's the usual good news at Merck. But it doesn't matter. It's a, it, it's a story that people like. There was an upgrade of Seattle Genetics, CJ. David, I think that was you know $1 price target boost, but it seemed to me to say, hey, Merck's going to buy it. Well, no, Merck's not. I mean, that, that, I, I, that I, fell I, apart. I know, but... I know you did. I know you did. Right, but I'm know just that, saying but. that people want a transaction in biotech. There, because there's been kind of little transactions. By the way, let me tell you, look at Regeneron. The trend, though, of large pharma buying biotech has not gone away. No. But there are plenty of hurdles in a market like this to big strategic M&A. Price is obviously a key one. Right. Both as a seller in terms of what you're, what you're looking for and then as the buyer who said, hey, things have changed. Uh, it can be more difficult. We still have the antitrust gating issue, perhaps a little less so given certain losses by the government of late, but nonetheless still something that stands in opposition as a possibility and certainly at least of elongating the review, which is something these companies have to think about. But, but there's no doubt, Jim, we are going to continue to see this trend over time of large pharma buying. That's well, they, where they get their they new drugs from. They need a pipeline. Biohaven selling its CGRP uh, they, they kept the rest of it. Sell, selling their migraine drug was very, very important to Pfizer for a gigantic amount of money. Uh, there is still M&A, Carl. It's just that when I say stuff like that, well, there is still this. There is still that. What that's basically saying is there's a lot of nothing. Well, and some, I, some, what? Some, yeah, uh, I mean, Toma Bravo did a deal today. Forge Rock. It's not a large company. But, oh, it, really? you know, nonetheless, it was a big premium, 53% over the uh, close as of yesterday. Well, that's where the money is. But, um, but this is a company with- that uh, does uh, identity, you know, digital identity, uh, helping people simply and safely access connected 
the connected world. That's how they describe well, it. Well, so don't you think the broader that market. when PepsiCo reports tomorrow, we'll find out exactly whether, whether people are buying into the thesis of slowdown. Yep. I mean, yep. PepsiCo has a lot of raw costs that have actually come down. The stock obviously has come down a great deal from 181 to 162. Plastic uh, has come down. Aluminum's come down. Uh, they sell water, basically. It's got to wait for margins to do the same. Well, it should happen eventually. And they got to bring that Jack and Coke into America. They got to bring the Jack and Coke into what? Well, they, they, you know, they have a Jack and Coke can. They mix the two. Oh, okay. Can good. What, what's the problem? I don't it's drink Jack or Coke. Well, it doesn't really matter because there's a lot of other Americans. Oh, I do. know there are. A uh, lot they of have Americans it in Mexico right it. now, yes. and they're testing it. They did that with uh, Topo Chico, which is still hard to get. That's a seltzer. So, oh, they haven't brought it yet to our shores, is what you're saying? You yes. got it. Uh, sometimes it just He's takes so a while good. to get to the He's point. He's so good. Pepsi, Coca-Cola, Pepsi Coca-Cola. tomorrow, as uh, Jim Jack says, and, and then Coke. Delta the day after. There's a lot of airline Ameri- news this morning. American, a good number. American uh, Q3 revenue uh, up 13, they say, from uh, the third quarter of 19. No right. real color on Q4. No. Um, and then, of course, this Joby Delta yeah. investment, David. Joby yeah. uh, up 8.5%. Flying cars, as we like to call them, but that's not really fair, of course. But they are that's sort oh. of that mobility sector, remember. Uh, there was that great piece from Morgan Stanley um, that I'll never really forget, saying that uh, the um, total addressable market for urban air mobility, and that's what we're talking about here, yes. would be $9 trillion. Yeah. Yeah. It still makes me laugh. Infospace. $9 trillion. That's over a third of the U.S. economy. Well, I mean, that's what it's going to be. Hey, listen, it is 28, seven years away. That's what Marcus Stanley said. Um, but listen, you know what? These companies are still trying to get all their approvals. Joby was a SPAC, if you right. remember, when public was SPAC. SPACs. Still two and a half billion dollar market cap, and there it is. We focused on it. Well, it's wasn't that Kathy Wood? She liked that. She may have liked that. Yeah. Um, these things are quiet too. I mean, I go up. I mean, we have a nice roof deck. I go up there to try and read the air, the helicopter traffic in New York City. You can't even think how they're just so loud. Minus you move. The it will summer. be really nice when they come and they're quiet. So. Oh. Keep at it. Okay, you can talk about Joby. I say Coca-Cola with with the uh, Jack coming up at uh, 3.2%. PepsiCo reports tomorrow. Yep. I I look at these defensive stocks. Uh, Now, here's one that people should start focusing on that they're not. Uh, ELF. Okay, now this is a $2 million stock. You say forget about it. But it's up nicely because it's cosmetics. Remember... People oh, yeah. use cosmetics when things go bad. Remember that? The lipstick yep. indicator, all that nonsense. Yep, I do. You do? I do. I, I like that. And then I remember your look your selfie best. Remember that? That was one of your I lines. I came up with that. That was S.T. Lauder. Yep, I um, came up with that. Uh, by the way, on Joby, I don't really know if we, I think on Joby, did we mention it's the Delta has this potential deal to invest? Because oh, we didn't tell the people the news. Right. Uh, the 60 million. Because the four, we shouldn't 60 million. Up to 200 million. What happened Five cities. What, where Joby? Where Joby, yeah. you'd, it would be folded into the booking process. If you're going to fly out of New York, you'd make your way to the airport via Very, T-ball. And you'd avoid the traffic. Well, Blade. You don't like this Joby. You're not happy about it. Look, I've taken Blade. Guys, um, uh, speaking of mobility, I wanted to come to Uber and Lyft. Take a look at the two stocks this morning. I did a lot of work morning. those yesterday. All right. Well, you're going to need to share some of that work with us because they're both down. If we can put them up uh, sharply. Uh, I've got Uber down 9.5% right now. Um, the reason does appear to be uh, headlines around the Biden administration's gig worker classification proposal. Um, 
Basically, the proposed rule is a test the Labor Department will apply to determine whether workers are contractors or employees for companies. And the test will consider factors such as how much control workers have uh, over how they do their jobs, how much opportunity they have to increase their earnings by doing things like offering new services. And if you have little or uh, virtually no uh, control, well, then you're considered an employee. And if that was the case, the proposal is a potential blow to gig companies and other service providers. Again, um, this seems to be the reason we're waiting for this classification. I don't believe we've gotten it as of yet, but well, uh, the Labor Department rule could be out, if it isn't out yet, as soon as today. Details haven't been made public. The market is getting ahead of it, guys, and punishing both of those stocks. David, here's it. Let me pause this up. A lot of what you've been saying indicates that perhaps the administration is as pro-capital uh, as it is labor. Okay. And we're sitting here pretending oh. that the administration doesn't impact stocks. The administration well, has been, uh, let's just say, a charnel house when it comes to stocks. Right. Because it's not really on their mind. Not unlike when I met President Biden on the uh, train years and years ago when I was going for Washington. And he was uh, telling me, own no stocks, own nothing, and was almost proud to be the poor center. I said, listen, I'm poor center. There's a man who's not really in. That guy's not seeing whether uh, Intel's looking for Intel bottoming. Now, people in the Congress, however, have been tremendous traders. They have. A very good track yeah. record, yeah. typically. Yeah. By the way, but just, they're to not back to, any role just to come back to Uber and Lyft, uh, their labor costs really could them. go up by as much as 20 to 30 percent. Oh, my God. Well, you, they, you just you apply this idea that these are not gig workers. And remember, they went through this in California already. Right. Um, with the, and then trying to get uh, certain outs in that state okay. law. Well, my, my piece last night said that if you want to know that if you shorted Uber, shorted Lyft and went long Uber, you made a lot of money. Now, they're both down right now, but... Oh, there's been multiple calls on how Uber is eating Lyft's lunch. They are. Yeah. They are. Uh, by the way, I think that when people are thinking, wow, maybe we ought to buy them here, I think they're just reacting to the two-year uh, and a little tick, which says that the two-year basically is uh, the, the bonds are, are going higher. You know, the yield is not going Higher. The bonds are, you know what I mean, David? Bonds are higher. Yield is Yes, done. bond prices go down and yields go right. up. That's, so we that's, go and that's the way people want to uh, look at bonds. You're saying, hey, it has been a horrible year to own bonds for well, any long period of time, given their well, price No, decline. I'm just saying at the very moment, rates are not going up, so people get excited. Right. And they buy the very stocks that they were thinking about selling, because this is the this is a bear market behavior. These guys, everyone's so hopeful. Uh, it, and I think that the problem with hope is is that it's, it, it has betrayed you constantly. But that doesn't mean that there won't come some level. Like, I, I was thinking about, about some of the semis. And everything's going wrong for the semis. So what happens if you look at Micron? Now, Micron is a company that pre-announced and then reported and then cut their uh, forecast horribly. And it's above where that happened. So is that, I just want to use this, David, because you love this cliche. Is, Please. Is, is that the uh, albatross in the coal mine? <laughs> well, uh, your, your point, you could extend it to Marvell on this upgrade today at Wells. They go to 58 overweight. Uh, the healthy amount of pessimism already priced in. Well, that's consumer. My chapel trust owns it. And they're not, I mean, they're not consumer. They're enterprise. 
uh, at the same time, they're semis. So I'm torn. I'm torn. They shouldn't be. I mean, the consumer uh, companies are really being crushed. And that's, by the way, David, that uh, piece I gave you about Gardner. But this is almost entirely, so 90% enterprise. So if you believed, but why isn't it up? There's an interesting Wow, uh, you got uh, Evercore cut Sienna, Evercore cut F5, right? There's a ton of negative. And there's uh, negative Corvo yeah. and Skyworks. Oh, uh, we Skyworks. Did get some oh, downgrade Skyworks. I mean, geez, I, I had Liam Griffin on not that long ago. And, you know, business is okay for them. I mean, now you have to say, all right, well, stock says that it's business isn't okay. Um, guys, we're seeing some weakness as well. I mean, broader what? market, obviously, with the NASDAQ down 1%. Uh, traditional media, uh, Disney, Fox. Oh, come on. You're going back to that? Know, Warner Brothers Discovery. There's a Goldman note out, media preview, trimming advertising revenue estimates on what they call a tougher macro backdrop. No big surprise there. Of course, they do expect cord cutting to accelerate year over year. We've talked a lot about that. Moffat Nathanson had a recent note on that to as much as 7% pay TV sub declines. That's a big, that's oh a big number. God. Every year to lose 7% of the people who are paying for... Uh, no, it's, it's, um, did yeah, you guys, did separate you note out on Paramount this morning, uh, not oh. saying a lot of positive things as Two well there. there. Of course, I sat down with Bob Backus recently. He was quite positive. In fact, even on the advertising market, was, saying things positive. have been overdone. He was. They've had a very good uh, run here in terms of adding uh, subs. But um, UBS points out that given everything that's coming in terms of the cost to drive their direct-to-consumer, uh, political advertising starting to come down. They see, you know, EBITDA declining in 23 to negative 2.7 billion. What I thought was interesting here, because this ends with a question that I asked Mr. Backish often, uh, their free cash flow could be below $500 million, and their dividend payout is more than that. Well, um, so why do you keep a dividend when you're sort of investing so much in terms uh, of trying to did get you this read, growth did, engine going? Did you see the question. Barclays piece, uh, Disney cutting from 120 to 105? They did everything but call, uh, but management a complete clown show. Really? Yeah, it was. It was. It wasn't even damning the faint praise. It was just damning. And uh, when I look at the situation there, I think the theme parks are great. I think that they do have a great movie business, whatever. But uh, and this didn't mention uh, Bob Chapek, but Bob Chapek does not get. He gets a level of respect that the late Rodney Dangerfield got. That's the lowest level since July uh, for It's Disney. amazing. Yeah. And this piece is savage. And then it says, okay, but it's going to, you know, they, they, cut, they cut it, but it could go to 105. Well, I mean, just take it to 80. Just say it can go to 80. These analysts who cut, and they're all cuts today, why don't they just take the price targets below where the damn stocks are? Why don't they do that? Why don't they just do it? They mean it when you talk to them. Maybe they, they're counting on the unbeaten record of stocks after a midterm 12 months later. Well, maybe right? they're talking about the unbeaten record of the Eagles. That's no reason to buy it. <laughs> yeah. mm. Did I mention Joby, by the way? Really? Yes. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Still up. You know what I'm going to do? This is Still what I'm going to do. Hey. hey. Hey, Lisa. How you doing? <laughs> Sorry. I'll give you a call back. I'm on, the, I'm on the show. See, that's the stuff that you do when I talk about things that, except for I usually talk about companies like, like Apple. <laughs> Yes, you do. You talk about Joby. I'll be right well, back to you. Dave's talking like about Joby. I'll get right I mean, back to you. I mean, if I have to point to some, I added a little value with Uber and Lyft. I mean, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's little, kind of ugly today. A little value. <laughs> no, actually, that was an amazing story because, once again, I think that if the midterm losses for the Democrats are big, I think Biden's agencies go nuts. And you're going to see oil just 
just crushed by the Biden administration. By the way, Jamie Dimon did not. Very, very fond of that Biden administration, aren't you? Oh, not. Not to mention uh, some of the new closures in China regarding COVID, certainly not helping sentiment on crude. Maybe next, maybe after the great coordination, they open things up. We'll see. You keep thinking they will. I I, I don't know. We had a huge spike in COVID here. All that's going to do is make it so more people don't come back to the workforce. You know, 74% spike in one week. In COVID? I wore a had 95 yesterday. Not been paying attention. Really? Yeah, get the pimples again. Yep. Shaved a little, get rid of the pimples. I know. Uh, as for the uh, S&P this morning, trying to hold 35.84, that would be your September 30 low. Uh, doing it for the moment. Let's get to Bob Pisani. Hey, Bob. Morning, Carl. And we're almost going positive on the Dow. You'll notice the S&P is a half a percent lower than the Dow. That's a little unusual. And that's because semiconductor stocks and some other tech stocks are weighing on. They have a big market cap weighting in the S&P 500. Uh, It's another one of those days you want to look at the risk on components. And they're, again, sort of underperforming. Energy stocks have been weak. Metals and mining, that's interesting. They were down right at the open. That's turned positive. So that's good. Transport still can't really outperform, even though the airlines are doing better. And there's your weak, really weakling is the semiconductors, consumer staples, some of the more defensive names holding up a, a little bit better. So there's take a look at the semiconductors. Taiwan Semi was down 8 uh, percent overseas, but it's done better here. Trades here in the U.S. here now down 4 percent. KLA 10 core, uh, they, they're reportedly halting some sales uh, in China to comply with these U.S. export controls that are a little vague right now. But Qualcomm week, ASML, that's a big Dutch company. Uh, that's a new low at 409 that trades uh, here as well. Well, at least the airlines are trading up. We had some at least positive comments uh, from American Airlines. Uh, that's helping. But you can see all the other ones, these were all positive right at the open. And now they're negative. Uh, and another reason why we can't get any real energy, even though you had positive comments from Americans. So we're going to get earnings on Friday. Uh, J.P. Morgan's going to be the big lead off. Of course, that always is. And guess what's at a new low today? J.P. Morgan, 52-week low, 52-week low for Citigroup, Comerica. Most of the major money center banks are not at new lows, but they're within, you know, one, two, three or four percent. Kind of unusual to go into earnings season with a new low on a major leader like J.P. Morgan. Global markets have seen a dash to cash recently. A number of the strategists have been mentioning uh, how much money has gone out of uh, into global money market funds. Eighty nine billion. This is from Mark Hayfley uh, at UBS. Uh, withdrawn from global stock bonds, three billion uh, in, in, from bond funds, 18 billion. So there's a lot of money going into money market funds. But uh, Hayfley's pretty smart about this. He's warned against the idea of market timing, this idea that you know when to go out of the market and when to come back in. It usually doesn't work. And he says we continue to advise against retreating to the sidelines, especially given the drag on cash from high inflation and the challenge of timing a return to markets. And you put the rest of that in without missing out on the rebounds. That's a key point here. So the the evidence against marking timing is overwhelming. You have to be right going in and right going out. And there has been long studies done on this of what happens if you miss the 5, 10, 20 most important days. Just take a look at this one going back to 1970. And this was provided to me by Dimensional Funds. Uh, If you had invested in the S&P $1,000 in 1970 through 2020, so you're talking about 50 years, you'd have $138,000. But if you missed the best five days... You'd only have 90,000. And if you missed the best 25 days, 32,000. Look at that difference. You have $138,000, but if you're not in on the best 25 days, you're down dramatically, 75% less. The problem is nobody knows when these best 25 days are going to be here. This is one of the classic examples of the problems uh, about market timing. Again, you've got to be right going in, right going out. And Carl, the important thing is 
Nobody knows exactly when the best days are. Back to you. All right, Bob. Thank you very much, uh, Bob Pisani. As we go to break, let's check the bond report. Uh, we'll get some Fed speak today. Mister coming up at noon. Uh, Harker at 11.30. We mentioned the 10-year just kissing up to 4% earlier this morning. Backed off a little bit, currently 3.93. As for the S&P, uh, we did lose uh, 35.84, which would pretty much make it the lowest intraday uh, since 2020. We'll be right back. There's some big names leading the NASDAQ 100 lower today. We talked about Meta, but Qualcomm's in there as well. Some of the Apple suppliers, uh, PayPal, Zscaler, Airbnb, among the biggest losers, offset by Amgen, higher on an upgrade today. But overall, uh, 35.85 on the S&P, pretty much uh, the lowest intraday level for the S&P since November of 2020. Let's get to Jim and stop trading. I've been looking at stocks like General Mills, and yesterday you, uh, Dave and I discussed Bristol Myers. It was downgraded by someone. Well, you can't keep a stock like Bristol Myers down in this environment. So forget it. Stop downgrading the ones that they want. Uh, th- th- these are the ones that they want. When I say they, this is what you buy in a recession, and that's what everyone thinks is happening. So there you go. Well, certainly this IMF downgrade of the global economy oh, that just crossed man. sounds uh, the worst is yet to come. I mean, yes. it's pretty gloomy. Yes, and look, I've got to tell you, I never want to be so negative as to not find things to buy. There's always a bull market somewhere. But the bull market is in things like cereal and um, drugs. Mm. And accept it. Mercer or Spurgeon. Just accept it. It's okay. It's happened many times in my career. It happened in 1984, for heaven's sake. All right? How about tonight? I have the privilege of having Julia Borson, who's got a great book, just a great book, about women and interviewed 60 women. It's just an incredible text. I've got two girls, and I'm going to demand that they read this because it really is just so illuminating about what women have to go through the workforce. She's worked hard on that one. Uh, Jim, we'll see you tonight. worked really hard. Mad Money, 6 p.m. Eastern time. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. From their innovative practice facility to unmatched views from the fairway, the PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with 5G solutions from T-Mobile for Business. Together, we're using AI-powered analytics to expand coaching tools and bringing fans closer to the pros with 5G-connected cameras. This is game-changing innovation. This is the PGA of America with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now.